What's up, everyone? Welcome back to All Good Points. It's your favorite sports podcast as hosted by me, Ricky Gray Jr. The Tennessee Titans have won four straight games and are 6-2 and two after benching Marcus Mariota for Ryan Tannehill. Now, the Titans are knocking on the division title door and slowly inching their way into the playoffs, so why is nobody talking about them? Let's take a look at the AFC South team and explain why people should start paying attention. Remember to rate and review All Good Points on your favorite podcast platform. Follow me on Instagram at All Good Points Podcast and on Twitter at Ricky Gray Jr. Now let's start the show. So first things first, let's thank the artist Conditional and their song, I Won't Let Go, for this week's theme music. So if you guys want to give them a quick round of applause while you're driving, if you're driving, do not take your hands off the steering wheel, okay? Clap in your head or something like that. So a lot of the games of this uh, of this week were really, really interesting. Let's start with the Thursday night game. Before we start talking about the Tennessee Titans, let's, let's get into a couple of games that were quite interesting. Uh, the Thursday night game. I had picked the Cowboys to win that game. I said the Cowboys were due for a win. Apparently, winning in the NFC East is just not common. Right now, the the Eagles are down 7-0 to to the Giants. I don't get it. I don't get it. Do they want to go to the playoffs? If they don't, surrender a spot to somebody else. Like, you're going to have, like, not even an 8-8 eight and eight team. You're going to have, like, a 7-9 and nine team going to the playoffs. How much sense does that make? Right? Am I the only one that thinks it's crazy? So, either way. Uh, Cowboys lost. I don't know really, honestly, what all I'm expecting from them to do at this point. I really don't. You're six and seven. You're three and four on the road. Dak is throwing for over 300 yards a game, so it's it's not him. But the coaching is so bad, and Jerry Jones is acting like it's oh, it's okay. Nah, it's all right. Don't worry, we don't need to win. It's not a big deal. Um, moving on, the Falcons were able to beat the Panthers 40 to 20. Uh, I don't know why the Falcons are getting going so late in the season, but good Lord. Um, Matt Ryan had a great game, 20 for 34, 313 yards, two touchdowns. Devontae Freeman kind of looked like himself. Uh, I, I don't really, I don't want to say that there's no point in it with what they're doing now, but you would imagine that like with the way that they were playing throughout the year, they probably would have just tanked it and, and went after draft picks instead of what they're doing now. They just seem to be playing really, really hard. Uh, I, I can't blame them for it. It's nice to see the Falcons actually trying. I just kind of wonder where it was at for the whole beginning of the season because they could have been in a pretty nice position, but I guess not. Uh, the Ravens beat the Bills in a very close game. 24-17, to 17, the Ravens won. I really hope that people start giving the Bills a little bit more credit. Um, they played a really, really tough game. The Ravens are a very, very strong team to play, and Buffalo held its own. So I really, really like to see that. I like to see the play that came out of uh, came out of Buffalo. Josh Allen, not necessarily a great game, but it was really, really cold. That's a hard place to play. New Era Field is a hard place to play. It's a hard place to to score. Um, it's a hard place to pass. So you really have to rely on your run game. It's just the Ravens won. They won a tougher, you know, a tough game. Lamar Jackson threw for three touchdowns. Obviously, you can't stop that kid, whether he wears a white glove, no glove, no sleeves, whatever. Obviously, you can't stop Lamar Jackson. 
Uh, moving on, the Browns were able to beat the Bengals in what I thought was a closer game than I would have liked, 27-19. and I was expecting the Browns to do a little bit more there. Speaking of expecting somebody to do a little bit more, the Packers only beat the Redskins by five points. And if the Redskins would have recovered that onside kick, there was a good chance that the Redskins could have scored again and beat the Packers. That would have been very interesting because then we would have to take all of the uh, all of the the value of the Packers and kind of like evaluate it all over again and be like, wait a second, is this really a good team? Aaron Jones led the uh, led the team in receiving and in rushing. He had a great running game, 134 yards, one touchdown, but six receptions for 58 yards. It just still seems that Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have anybody to throw to. Uh, another battle in the NFC North was the Vikings at the Lions. Or uh, the Lions at the Vikings. Vikings were able to beat the Lions twenty to seven. Um, I still wasn't super imp- impressed by the Vikings in this game. They didn't really seem like they had a whole lot going on on offense. It's bothering me that they can't score points in the third quarter. That's bugging the crap out of me right now. They can't do that if they when they go into the playoffs. You can't have a dud quarter. You just can't. They played pretty good defense. Uh, Detroit didn't score until the fourth quarter. So it's still one of those things where it's a positive, but at the same time, I would like for them to focus on the offensive explosion in the third quarter because you're going to need that down the stretch. 49ers at the Saints. This was what I kind of have pegged as my game of the year slash game of the week slash game of everything. This was a really, really tight game. The 49ers were able to pull it out with a field goal, 48-46 to at the end of the game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo made a couple of good plays late in the game. Most importantly, though, George Kittle, uh, carried people. He carried Marcus Williams and a couple other guys down the sideline. That's insane. First of all, the tackle in the beginning, you got to tackle this guy. You can't You can't just mamby-pamby try to tackle George Kittle. That is a big man. You got to go at him with everything you have, wrap up. If you can't wrap up, grab a leg. I don't trip him on anything. Uh, the, the problem was Marcus Williams decided to pull on George Kittle's face mask, which tacked on another 15 yards. So, you know, the, the, the 49ers were able to pretty much kick a chip, uh, chip shot and uh, win the game. But Garoppolo threw for four touchdowns. Drew Brees, however, 349 yards and five touchdowns. Drew Brees still has it. That is an amazing quarterback for his age. Uh, Jets were able to beat the Dolphins 22-21. to Pretty solid game for the Jets. You know, they're looking pretty good late here uh, late here in the year. Hopefully next year they're, they're able to do a little bit more in that division. Just a very tough division to do things in. Buccaneers were able to edge out the Colts 38-35. to The Colts do not look good. They do not look good. Jacoby Brissett looks like he is definitely not the answer. But, but, the Texans also lost to the Broncos 38-24. to Drew Locke tore it up 22 for 27, 309 yards, three touchdowns. Holy shit. This Drew Locke kid is serious. Like, this is a this is a good football team. Now, mind you, the Broncos had only been losing games by a couple of points. It's not like they were getting blown out by a whole lot of people. So, it was nice to see them get a win over the Texans. However, the Texans looked horrible. And to bring up a point that we're going to be talking about here pretty soon, they better get back to winning games if they want to take the AFC South because somebody's coming for them. Somebody is coming for them. The Chargers were able to beat the Jaguars 45-10. to uh, Jaguars look like shit. Chargers looked pretty good. Can't really say too much besides that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Chiefs were able to beat the Patriots. This is the second time that the, the the Patriots have lost to basically another AFC team that people are thinking is, I guess, the next step. Um, they lost to the Texans earlier, and now they lost to the Chiefs. 
A lot of people are saying that this is the end of the Patriots. I still have some faith in the Patriots to pull it out by the end of the year and, and uh, win the AFC Championship game and go to the Super Bowl. So we'll see how that ends up going. Uh, and finally, the Rams were able to uh, beat the Seahawks in a very interesting game, 28-12. The Rams won. Very nice. Uh, it's nice to see the Rams winning again. They're sitting at 8-5. and five. They're still sitting at that point of being able to edge their way into the playoffs if need be. Um so yeah, a lot of people better be on their toes because the Rams are looking to get a playoff spot and it's not it's not too far-fetched to say that they'll get one. Couple of losses from either Minnesota or Seattle and uh the Rams will be right in there. It looks like the 49ers aren't planning on losing anytime soon. But we're not talking about the 49ers today. We already did an episode about them. We don't need to talk about the 49ers. Instead, today we're going to talk about an AFC team, the Tennessee Titans. Now, when I bring up the AFC South, what pops into your head? Is it Houston and the dynamic Deshaun Watson? Is it the Andrew Luckless Colts? Is it the Leonard Fournette-led Jacksonville Jaguars? More than likely, one of those three teams pop in your head before you think about the Tennessee Titans. But the Tennessee Titans are right there with the Houston, uh, Houston Texans. They're sitting right on their heels at eight and five, and it's only a division, a division and conferencing that's kind of keeping them out of that number one spot. But Tennessee's right there now. They they had a very rough start to the season, which is why a lot of people aren't talking about them. With losses to the Colts, the Jaguars, the Bills, the Broncos, they've lost. Okay, so a lot of people kind of wrote them off, and then something crazy happened. Something that a lot of people didn't think was going to happen happened. They benched Marcus Mariota and decided to start Ryan Tannehill. And ever since then, they've been winning. Winning more often, more frequently, against better teams than the teams that they lost to previously. So now, who do you say is the strength in the AFC South? Well, I can tell you right now, it's not the Houston Texans, okay? The Houston Texans beat the Patriots. And I understand that a lot of people's arguments is going to be, oh, well, they beat the Patriots, Okay. Nobody can beat the Patriots. Well, we've seen a couple of teams so far beat the Patriots, right? One team in particular was the Kansas City Chiefs. And if I tell you that the Tennessee Titans beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you kind of have to take into account what's going on in Tennessee. Okay, Tennessee is a good football team. They play very, very well. They're doing pretty good on the road, to be completely honest. They're four and three on the road, so they're they're more than breaking even, right? And they have big wins over big people. They beat people like the Chargers, people like the Chiefs, people like the Colts when people thought the Colts were hot. Uh, they beat the Browns earlier in the season. Actually, the first game of the season, they beat the Browns. They beat a, a high-scoring uh, offense in the Buccaneers. They beat them 27-23. to 23. And they're, they're beating other people pretty badly okay they just had a most recent game against the the Oakland Raiders and beat them 42 to 21 now I know what you're thinking that there's a lot of things that that go behind these wins and things like that and it can't just be a quarterback change that changes the 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 complete way that a team plays but you're wrong it it's solely based off of them making a switch at quarterback and bringing life into the offense let me just tell you a couple of things about Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill's record as a starter for Tennessee is 6-1, and one, okay? He's only had two games with a quarterback rating under 100. He's 15 for 5. That means 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He's got a 73.4 completion percentage. He's thrown for 1,000... 
Jesus, 1,993 yards in eight games, okay? And and in nine games, he's going to throw for over 2,000. If he would have started in the beginning of the year, he'd probably be sitting over 3,000 right now and on track to be somewhere around 3,500. He's a good quarterback. He's smart. And although he puts his body on the line occasionally and he makes some mistakes, there's been some plays that he kind of stumbles on or, you know, he, he does something a little silly like the play against the Raiders that ended up getting uh, returned for quite a bit of yardage until Ryan Tannehill tackled. He smacked the shit out of that off, uh, defensive lineman. If you see a quarterback go and, and pursue somebody that intercepted their pass and they hit him that hard, that, that's how you know your quarterback is dedicated to winning and he's dedicated to the play. Like, he didn't quit on the play. He didn't walk off to the side. You know, he pursued. He didn't let an off, He didn't let another defensive lineman stop him. He didn't let anybody block him. He warped out. He took the long way around because Ryan Tannehill is fast. Don't forget that he is fast. He takes the long way around, lays a lick on the guy. There was a good chance that that guy could have fumbled because he didn't even see where Ryan Tannehill was. He was not paying attention. But that's the dedication that you want to see in your quarterback, right? So that... That kind of attitude, that persona goes right back to the to the locker room. It goes to the sideline. He takes that kind of energy everywhere, and he gives it to everybody else, where it's like, you know what? This dude would die for this team. This dude wants to play football. He wants to win games. We need to give the same amount of percent that he is giving us right now. And that's what these guys do. That's what you're seeing from Tennessee. You're seeing everyone giving 110%. Derrick Henry got mad. At Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel took him out of the game, which, I mean, it wasn't a bad idea by Mike Vrabel. Derrick Henry was just, he was upset that he couldn't continue running because he was having, he has a lingering hamstring issue. Now, whether or not he wants to address that, Vrabel was making the right move by moving him to the sideline and having Dion Lewis go in there because you don't want Derrick Henry to get hurt this late in the season when you have a really, really good chance to get into the playoffs, especially with the way that Houston showed that they play against Denver. So you kind of want to, you know, save those guys. But the passion and the desire to get back out there that Derrick Henry was showing, that's what you want to see from the rest of your football team. And that's how everybody on Tennessee plays. Now, if we talk about Tennessee from from a last year standpoint, okay, they didn't do as well. I I wouldn't say that they didn't do as well. What I would say is that I didn't see as much fire from Tennessee last year, right? But they had a huge win over probably the best the best team in football, the New England Patriots. So, it shows not only that they're dedicated to winning and that the team is a very very good football team, it shows that they can win big games, right? It shows that they can be very, very clutch. Ryan Tannehill is able to create a drive and uh, get down the field and score touchdowns. He's able to do that kind of stuff. So you have to take all of these things into account when you're watching Tennessee play. What I've been telling a lot of people is instead of just thinking of you know the AFC, uh, AFC South as kind of like a division to write off, watch some of their games. Watch Tennessee play. Watch Houston play. You tell me what the difference is between the team. Watch, uh, watch Tennessee play and then watch Indianapolis play. Or, you know, if you get to watch them play against each other, it's even better. But if you watch them play, there's just a different level of intensity that Tennessee brings to the football field. And that's what really happened in that game against the Raiders, right? They go on to play the Raiders, and you can just tell that the level of intensity is so high. It's so high what they're bringing. The, the, the intensity that they're bringing to the game is a lot more than what Oakland's bringing. And Oakland is at home. And this is the first time that Tennessee has beat Oakland in a while, especially at home. Now, 
let's talk about you know the the stats of the game now aj brown what a wide receiver right what a wide receiver five receptions 153 yards two touchdowns a couple of long bombs that Tannehill threw a poor tackling on the raiders part but you know that's that's the raiders um but to deliver that strike from the end zone ryan Tannehill had to take a huge hit right he had to stay in the pocket take a huge hit deliver the ball down the field at the perfect spot for aj brown to catch and he did that but that's what you want to see from your quarterback and this is why i'm saying that it leads from the field to the to the uh, the sideline to the locker room into practice that kind of energy that ryan Tannehill brings is the same kind of energy you want everybody on the football field to have. And and Ryan Tannehill is playing some of the best football of his life. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like he was bad in Miami, you know? In six seasons, he only missed eight games, okay? He only had two seasons in Miami that he threw for under 3,000 uh, 3, yards, and that was mostly due to injuries, okay? Now, 552 total yards in that game. 552 yards and Ryan Tannehill is responsible for 391 of them he threw for 391 yards three touchdowns one interception that interception was kind of just I don't want to say a fluke it wasn't really a fluke but at the same time you know he probably shouldn't have threw that pass there was a good chance that it was going to get batted but maybe he thought that it would just get batted down I don't know weird stuff happens okay that's 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 the true that's the true part is that weird stuff happens however there was a heads-up play that Tennessee had on defense, and I, I want to touch on that for a second. Waller, uh, the tight end for the Oakland Raiders, caught a ball on the sideline. It's moving a little bit up the field, and the corner for Tennessee came up and punched the ball out, just a straight-up punch the ball out. That ball stayed right at the edge of the sideline. Uh, Tennessee was able to pick it up and score off of it. That's I, it's so interesting to see that kind of play because they're playing with such a high intensity because they know that they have a really big chance. They have a very, very big chance to go to the playoffs and do something really, really special. And that's and that's really that's really what you want to see from a football team, especially late in the year. Uh, as far as the rest of Tennessee goes, they're eighth in rushing. Okay, they allow 19 points per game. That's ninth in the NFL, and they're four and three on the road, so they can win games on the road. They have a pretty solid defense, and they have a great running offense. So why are people not talking about them? This kind of just centers around the mass media covering teams that have a little bit more hype behind them, okay? Houston has a little bit more hype behind them because they have the whole Deshaun Watson story. Oh, there's this electric quarterback that's in Houston. Blah, 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 blah. There's no substance there, okay? There's really no substance there. But... That's what creates a good story, so a lot of people cover it more often. So you don't really hear about the rest of the teams in that division. Now, there's times where you'll hear about the Jaguars, and we heard about the Jaguars before when they were doing good. It was the greatest defense that they had ever seen, so on and so forth. But let's take a look at the people that Houston has lost to. They lost to the Colts, 30-23. to They lost to the Ravens, 41-7. They lost to the Broncos. They lost to the Saints. And they lost to the Panthers. Now, they do have wins over the Chiefs and the Patriots. I get it. But at the same time, they have losses over teams where it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for them to lose to. Right? They're supposed to be this electric electric team. Okay? They're 31st in the league in first quarter points. Now, 
What I will tell you about Tennessee is Tennessee has a habit of doubling their points in the second half. So whatever they score in the first half, they make adjustments for and score two times that in the second half. So if they score 14 in the first half, there's a good chance they could score 28 in the second half. If if you start out slow on this football team, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. And I think that's what we're going to see with these next couple of games. Because guess what? They have to play the Titans twice. Houston has to play the Titans twice in the next three weeks. They got Titans, Buccaneers, and Titans. The first game is on the road. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. This is me just taking this pick right now. You guys can do what you want with it. I'm going to take the Titans in both of these games. I don't think I don't think that Houston wins either one of those games. I'll take the Titans probably minus seven and a half. If you guys want to take that bet, I think the Titans will at least win by a touchdown, probably somewhere about about ten points. That's what I would take. Um, and I do think that the Titans end up taking the AFC South and they take that spot in the playoffs. And there's a good chance that you know Houston has to get a get a wild card spot spot and um, play them again and play Tennessee again. And imagine if you lose to them twice and then you have to go and play them on the road this time. There's a good chance that Tennessee takes that game from, takes all three. If they end up having to play three games, there's a good chance that Tennessee takes all three. So that's my spiel on the Tennessee Titans. And currently, I just want to let you guys know, currently New York is up on Philadelphia 16-3. to Anybody that thought Philadelphia was a good football team, you're crazy. You are absolutely crazy. They look like absolute dog shit. And I don't know. I mean, what are you going to do? What can you say that's going to fix it? Uh, let's make some picks, though. I'll take Baltimore over New York for obvious reasons. I don't even know why this is a Thursday night game. I'll take New England over Cincinnati. I'll take Tampa Bay over Detroit. I'll take Chicago over Green Bay. Exactly. I know what you're thinking. Exactly. I'll take Tennessee over Houston. Kansas City over Denver. Uh, Miami over New York. I'll take Washington over Philadelphia <laughs> just because I'm upset at Philadelphia. Seattle over Carolina. Uh, I'll take Oakland over Jacksonville. I'll take Cleveland over Arizona. I am so sketched out about that game. I'll take Minnesota over Los Angeles. That's the Chargers. And I will take the Rams over the Cowboys. I'll also be taking the 49ers over the Falcons. I'll take Buffalo over Pittsburgh. And for the Monday night game, Indianapolis at New Orleans, I will take New Orleans. That has been it for me this week. You guys have a great wonderful, fantastic week. I will see you next time. And now for the finale of the song.